My agent called, he said he got some interest in my script. I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it. I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot. I even got a famous classic case of writer's block. Get it out of my head. Get it out of my head. Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. Sometimes I screw that up. Sometimes okay. I forget who I am. I don't know why. It just happens. It's, as long as the world remembers you, that's how <laughs> remember we me all remember The you. girl who yeah. stutters on her own podcast, that's what they remember me. Okay. You're not a broadcaster. I you're, am you're a clearly not a broadcaster. What episode is this? Though? It you, is like, 300 and, Wait. Yeah. 300. Wait, no, 288? No, you're in the 300s. Am I? 388? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I'm almost positive. (gasps) Oh, you're right. 388. Well, 388 more, you'll have it down. Oh, my God. How old will I be by then? I don't know. Wow. I don't know how to work all these microphones. I don't know, honey. Oh, oh, the person that you're listening to is uh, Patrick Francis, my husband, and he is producing today. Um, Also, we have with us uh, the lovely and talented Brian Pope. Hello, Brian. Hello, Pilar. Nice nice to to see you. And the ever-poised and graceful Mike Musa. Hello. I don't think those two words have ever been used for me before, but thank you. Um, You guys may know Brian and Mike from their yearly podcast with me as we talk about the nominated films, wait, the nominated screenplays for the Oscars. And uh, we are going to be talking about best adapted screenplay and best original screenplay. We do this every year. Mm -hmm. Despite the protests. And and we we should let everybody know right up front, like I always do, this is just like... You guys at home, just talking around your kitchen table about what movies you liked, what movies you didn't. We are looking at the screenplay pretty much the way that the voters do in the Academy, which is what is the story that was told on screen? What characters are coming through? What, What about the dialogue coming through? They are not necessarily analyzing the page, and neither are we. Though, I have uh, pulled out some excerpts from each screenplay so that we can actually look at the the craft. But just to remind you, it's mostly about story, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, But before we do that... Before we do that, yes, um, I need to thank some, some people who donated to the podcast. And first, I would like to thank Eric Duncan... For his donation of $30. Thank what are those things much. you just put on your face? Yeah, I know. They're my old lady glasses. <laughs> Bugger off. Eric Duncan, $30. Uh, Peter Zabo, $25. Thank you so much, Peter. Jen Lindsay, thank you for your donation of $50. $50. You say the dollar amount? You just don't say their names? I just said Jen Lindsay. I know, but you say that I didn't know that you said the dollar amount on 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 the air. You're just you're just not listening to me. Like it's like we're at home. Um, now I just want to let everybody know that if you donate to the podcast, I'm now going to be sending you some crib notes for different episodes that we've done. Um, I've got crib notes for a competition episode that we did, rewrite tools, story analysis, the holistic pass, um, 12 days of Christmas podcast, and um, the Twitter tips, which I believe that we did on episode 200, Mm -hmm. um, which were 200 Twitter tips. So you might want to... Um, if you're interested in donating, go to onthepage.tv, go to the podcast part, you'll see the little donation button, and if you donate, I will send you all of these little crib, no- crib notes, and uh, I, am, uh, I think that's about it. Yeah? Yeah, the donations pay for our babysitter so that I can be here producing. That's right, or they'll, yeah. they'll pay for the actual producer, so that's true. there you go. All right. All right. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, oh yeah, we have a podcast to do. Yes, we do. Let's do it. Let's do it. You guys psyched? I am. Yeah? yeah. I'm ready. All right. All right. Let's talk about... We're going to talk this year first. We're going to go into original screenplay. Because every year, we talk first about adaptive screenplay because they're usually better, aren't they? Like, don't you think? Like, they've, they've tended to be a stronger... 
list in general, and which is why we usually like go out of the gate with them. Generally, yeah. But this, but this year, I don't think so. I, we've got I some really agree. good, really strong original screenplays because they are original in every sense of the word. We have uh, put. In, I should just keep these glasses on, right? You really, that's should. okay. You don't. You don't. You've known these guys a long time. You don't have to be vain in front of them. I have known you guys a long time. How long have I known you? Well, we knew you. Uh, I've known you for about. Well, you were ten, and I've I known was... you for twenty years. So. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> Yeah, but it has been 20 years, right? Ish. It's actually been almost more. So. Oh, my God. 20 years only puts us about back to 95. So. Oh, wow. So these guys, they, they knew me. They knew me pre-you, Pat. Yeah, yeah. This yes. Before Pat. That is dangerous. BP. That is really dangerous. So if you want secrets about me, just get in touch with these guys. And We won't talk. Your, finger, your fingernails tell me all good. I need to know. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry about my manicure. I'm sorry. It's barely a manicure. I know. I don't know. I was like one, two my... fingers have polish on and I the am, rest. I'm very nervous. It looks person. like you changed your own oil today. And that's why your <laughs> hands look like that. Let's take a picture of that. We'll put, post that on Facebook. All right. No, I promise. We're going to get to original screenplay. Okay. Original screenplay. We've got Birdman. I didn't know there was like a subtitle here. It says, or the unexpected virtue of ignorance. And the writers on it are (laughs) Inaritu. These are last names, by the way. Because you wrote them down. So you're just, okay. So these are by last name. Inaritu, Jacoboni, Dinalaris, Jr. Jr. And Bo. (laughs) (laughs) There you are. Okay. All right. So they only got last names. But the next guy, he got his whole name on it. Okay, so Boyhood by Richard Linklater. Uh, Foxcatcher by E. Max Fry and Dan Futterman. The Grand Budapest Hotel, or the Grand Budapest Hotel, as my stepfather calls it, by Wes Anderson. Nightcrawler by Dan Gilroy. So uh, let's start. Let's start with you, Pope. Mm. What we, Brian Pope. We, are we uh, reading the scripts or are we just talking about We'll, we'll read them as we go. Okay. So, right. so uh, best screenplay. Best screenplay. What, what, did, what did, would well, you like to uh, see? Do we throw out a spoiler alert on this episode? Because are we going to talk about no, anything? No, we, we do not give spoiler, spoilers on this. We We're don't? We're not going to give spoilers. Okay. No. no but, spoilers. but while talking about the movie, won't we accidentally maybe give spoilers? No, we accidentally maybe will not, Pat Francis. So okay, well, I just want to say in Birdman, there's the... a Birdman in it. <laughs> well, so, I'm glad we got that out so of the way. So look out. <laughs> so, so, Pope. Uh, this, was a good, this was a good category this year. Uh, I liked pretty much every script that I, uh, that I saw, heard. Uh, but I would have to say... Gun to the head. If I was, if you pointed the gun to my head, I would say my favorite this year was Nightcrawler by Dan Gilroy. Yes. It was. Oh, sorry. It was, rem- <laughs> it was remarkable. It was one of those movies I saw at ten o'clock at night at the Music Hall in Beverly Hills, and when I got out at midnight, I was watching behind my back, walking yeah. back to the to my car. Um, it was one of those movies that just had a profound effect on me because you're basically, and I don't think this is really a spoiler, you're put into the world of a sociopath from minute one, and you spend the entire time with him, and you start to kind of get connected to him in some weird uh, way, and without, I can't really say much without giving some great stuff away, so I won't, but it was one of the most uh, involving, uh, exciting, disturbing movies I've seen all year. I loved it. Awesome. Is he a sociopath, or is he just a (laughs) go-getter? I see it very, a very positive uh, role model in this movie. This guy gets things. Take your kids. This guy gets things done. Sure, sure. Maybe I, you've created a new word, like he's a goateopath or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what about least favorite? Wow, that's a tough one. You know, I really I like them all. Um, I think the most difficult one for me was uh, was probably. Foxcatcher, but it was more because of the way the story unfolded. But I still was fascinated by it. I, I love, you know, um, uh, the movies of uh, what's the name of the Bennett Miller. Uh, so I really kind of appreciated the kind of the slow. I don't know. Laborious is the wrong word, but um, it's a slow crawl. It's yeah. a slow mm-hmm. movie. You're, you're definitely like you got to hang in there. Fox crawler. I, is what yeah. I, call it. I mean, and I, then about halfway through, you start going, okay. It all I, starts I, falling I, into place. Yeah, there's so the, the sort of the psychological thriller part of it really yeah. kicks in. So I liked it. Not, this isn't to say I disliked it, but of the of the movies that I saw, that was the one I probably connected with at the lower end mm-hmm. of the spectrum. Well, I'm I'm gonna 
jump in here and I'm going to piggyback off of you as far as uh, the Nightcrawler being my favorite as well. I loved that movie, and I think anybody who likes Taxi Driver, Network, you know, it 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 brings you back to the the pace and the and the energy of those films and the darkness of those films. Um, but it's got you know a very a contemporary subject matter, mm-hmm. and uh, the storytelling in it as you're following this this incredibly odd man and actually starting to understand his sensibility even though you don't want to really really good i have to say if i was going to go for a least least favorite with original screenplay a boyhood every year there is a movie like this that just kills me because it's gonna be look it, it deserves all of its kudos as far as as far as uh, being a wonderful film experiment, terrific, g- great, even if it gets best picture, okay, whatever, but best screenplay? They had a year between each plot point, and they still repeated plot over and over again. Well, I was, it was it, driving me nuts. In their defense, Linklater did make a handful of films in between those shootings. But you know what? <laughs> still... Come on! There, I know. There, there are screen, screenwriters out there that you know. Would, you know, you'd read the whole screenplay and you go, "Yeah, you know, you already had like the abusive drunk guy. Maybe we can, you know, mix that up a little bit, you know." And and they're doing harder work, mm-hmm. you know. And, it was, ah, yeah, if and it's probably going to get best. Yeah, and if you're going to kill me, if you're going to undertake a, a film of that magnitude over time, then have your ducks in a row and know what you're going to do. Or or see what's happening yeah. with the characters that are that you're developing, and yeah. come up with the most imaginative scenario the mm-hmm. next time. You have a lot of time to imagine it. So yeah, it that, was just like, oh, three years later, oh, she's with another douchebag. That killed me. That killed me. What about you, Musa? What, what would you go for for best original screenplay? Did you give a word? Did you give no. a least? What? You didn't give your least. That, no, was, that was, was your least. That was you my least. Oh yes, it was. I'm sorry. Was Nightcrawler your favorite? You Nightcrawler, said Nightcrawler was absolutely Nightcrawler my favorite. Nightcrawler and Boyhood. Okay. Yeah, Boyhood. Least. Two for Nightcrawler. Well, I'm gonna give my least favorite uh-huh. and just say, I'm going to go off and say that this year felt very ambitious yeah. for everyone and it I'm going to throw cool. in Interstellar as well only because they were trying to be ambitious with their storytelling it's not on here obviously but shouldn't be and, and shouldn't be um, but it was still ambitious they tried to have they tried to stick to some science instead of cutting it up and just throwing it out there but that being said uh, Boyhood, I thought, was very ambitious, but I thought maybe they kept the script limited because of the time in between. Granted, I have this vision of like Linkletter being like, wait, I already wrote this? Yeah, dude, four years ago. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. She has an abusive husband. Yeah, dude, four years ago. Oh, son of a... I totally forgot. That's why this looks so familiar. Um, but that being, that being said, I think it was limited, but I, I give them kudos for being so ambitious. That's all. Uh, my favorite, since comedies tend to not get a lot of love, I'm going to go with Grand Budapest Hotel. That's so good. I also like Top 5, also another, it's a Paramount movie. It's not on here as well, but I thought it was a very funny comedy. But I thought, now granted it helps, I, this is a surprise even to me, because I'm not a huge Wes Anderson fan. I appreciate what he has done in other films, but I'm just not a huge fan. This was the one film... I just, I really liked it. It helps that he directs his own writing, of course, and he knows what he wants to do with it. But I thought it was crisp. I thought it was very funny. A great storytelling, too. It's so imaginative. It's so, it's, it's this fable, right? Mm-hmm. It's this romp that, and he can go anywhere he wants. So it's like, let's put him in jail. Let's dig underground. Let's go over here. Let's do that. Oh, maybe if there were Nazis. You know I mean? They, sure. It just has so much fun with, with the story. And it all actually works. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. Um, and least, least was boyhood. Least was okay. boyhood. Uh, yeah. What about what do you, about you? I am right in line with Mike. Uh, Grand Budapest Hotel was so fantastical to me. I loved it. I mean, it has nothing to do with the screenplay per se, but his he has such a vision, and his movies have such a, a unique look. And I was just. I marveled at the the way I marvel when I see like uh, you know like uh, the Hobbit and I'm like how did they make this I mean just amazing I loved every everything about it and then Boyhood was my least favorite least favorite how come we haven't given any love to Birdman what's going on with I us? I thought Pat was going to go Birdman no, I really no, do no, no I would uh, Grand Budapest Hotel just really kept me in, more enthralled than any of these although I would say that the one thing about Birdman and Boyhood it of course helps that Michael Keaton is. Birdman. Yeah. Is, is that guy? Because, I mean, I think if it's somebody else, it maybe doesn't 
quite play as well, right. or, or maybe it just doesn't register, at least to our generation mm-hmm. as well. But that being said, the funny thing is, there were so many things about Birdman that felt like, well, Michael Keaton's kind of like this guy from the late 80s, early 90s. That's when his heyday was. Mm-hmm. And there are little bits here and there about the differences between then and now as far as being an actor and as far as being a major star and just the social media on top of it and the thing I loved about Birdman as it kind of you know took me some time to kind of seep in so to speak is the the movie is all about the fine lines between fantasy and reality both with social media being fantasy and reality both with being actors on stage which is both being there and being a, a person on stage with the fantasy of being a character, it's great, but as far as the actual screenplay itself, I just like Grand Budapest better. Yeah, but I think Birdman, out of all the movies, I, I think, and you guys can agree or disagree, I think Birdman is the movie that, after the fact, you could have the most discussion about. Oh, most what, definitely. Yeah, what do you think? It, in the original, yes. In the adapted, maybe not. What do you mean? Well, the mo- the one you're going to talk most yeah. about. Uh, yeah, like the original screen, like after, oh, after oh, Birdman, no, for, I think for that, original. Yeah. yeah, that's the movie that you you could you could go to a coffee shop and talk the most like, about. What does it mean? What yes, does it mean? exactly. D- did you like Birdman? Oh, Pope? I liked Birdman. Surprisingly, uh, so, sorry, I need to get closer to the microphone. You're, you're good. Um, I like Birdman. Surprisingly, I'm not a big Inuritu fan. I have not liked his last handful of movies, so I went in, you know, kind of dreading it, and I I found myself enjoying it quite a bit because the pretension that I often find in his movies was in this movie played for laughs mm-hmm. through the character of Ed Norton primarily. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, uh, and so I really did enjoy it. I mean, it's an, it's an old story, but, it's a, it's a, but it was told in such an original, uh, organic way and, and where everything just, you know, you can't really separate the script from the direction, from the acting. It is really just, it's, it's hard to separate them, which maybe is a compliment to the mm-hmm. script as well because it really felt like this just movie unfolding in front of me. And I think for... Go ahead. Do you want to say something? I was just going to say, I think for people of our generation, the best thing about Birdman is Michael Keaton because we all, I think we all love Michael Keaton and now after this, the hope is we're going to see a lot more Michael Keaton and other things. I don't know hopefully. if that's for our generation or if it's for Pat Francis. Well, let's, let's be very well, clear. This is Pat's favorite actor of all time. No, 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 yes, not. He, yes, no. Yes, he is. Tom Hanks, uh, Tom uh, Cruise is my favorite actor. Oh. No, no, but really? Michael Keaton, when I was growing up, he was like, I'm like, oh my God, that's the funny, natural, funny, goofy guy that, that, that uh, I would uh, love to be. So I, I, I like the movie not because of the Michael Keaton aspect mm. so much as the magical realism that when people uh, play with this, they don't usually commit. They will sort of add something in and be like, "Do you see that dream sequence? You know, I'm already." Um, but the way that the way that this sort of this element comes in, mm-hmm. and that they they play it all the way through, I thought they did such a good job. Yeah. You know, and so just when you sort of think you know what's happening, this other element comes in because if I if I do talk about it too much, it, it will give spoilers. But I really love that part of it because normally I'm the person rolling my eyes at that kind of stuff mm. and it helps me invest uh, the, in, in the movie. Uh, the special effects in this movie, there's some special effects in here that are phenomenal that you don't expect to be in a movie like this. And um, I was just like, wow, that, that looks really great. I can't, you know, no spoilers, so I can't give it away what I'm talking about. <laughs> let's, do, let's read from a couple of these scripts. Um, go to, if you take your paper clip off, let's go to a nightclub, Nightcrawler first. Because, so you're going to say, let's go to a nightclub. Nightcrawler, wow. Listen to this stuff. Oh, my God. Okay. Lewis, this is from the very first page. Lewis Lou Bloom is a silhouette against the city glow, using bolt cutters to rip down a square of chain link fence, muscling it into the back of a beat up car as he hears something, turns to see headlights approaching in the distance. Lou slamming the trunk as the lights sweep, and we see him. Lou's, and we see him. Lou's 30, pure primal id. If there's music, it's in his head, disconnected. Feral, driven by dollar signs and a dream of some imagined Eden. Wow. Whoa, man. Whoa. That pretty much sums it up. It's heavy. Mm-hmm. And if, if, uh, if you guys pull up the script online, what you're going to see are a bunch of minor slug lines, otherwise known as secondary scene headers, um, 
uh, postcard views, L.A. River, Lewis Lou Bloom, headlights, sweep, a pickup truck. They're constantly using this, this technique to take you to one place without resetting, without saying interior, exterior, or time of day, which can really work for the flow of the piece, and, and it's definitely working here. Sometimes I think it can be a little tough because you don't exactly know what location, what's like sort of the primary location within the scene, uh, but it's a very interesting technique, and I would definitely pull up this script. It's really cool. Uh, going into the theater to see Nightcrawler, just from the trailer, I actually thought the movie was going to be set in the 70s because I thought it had a look of like, like it was like a, a period piece. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then, and then when you watch it, it still kind of feels like a, a gritty 70s I movie. I think that was intentional. Yeah. I do. Um, Want to hear Foxcatcher? Because it also has a description of a main character. Up front. Can you read it like Steve Carell in uh, Foxcatcher? Ah. Uh, <laughs> Interior University. I can't. Um, uh, Pope, would you read this? Oh, sure. Okay. Interior University, Wisconsin, gym, very early morning. Mark Schultz, 27, 180 pounds, cauliflower ears, lifts a human-sized leather wrestling dummy from the mat to stand in front of him. He performs a series of repetitive moves, hooking one arm under the dummy's arm, then the other one side, then another, again and again. It looks almost as if he's dancing gently with it. Then, very fast, Mark spins quickly around behind the dummy, grabs it in a bear hug, arches his back, lifts, and slams it to the mat, landing on top. Quick cuts. Mark spinning, lifting and slamming the dummy, first one way, then the other, first one hold, then another, slam, 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 over and over and over again. And it's just so... (coughs) Slam, 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 you know? It's... Just to actually feel it with every slam, and also this repeated over and over again, like the abuse that this dummy is taking. You know, you could go into the themes of it. It's like the personal abuse he takes, you know, but really brings you into this character, sort of his work ethic, and and this world of wrestling, which. I didn't know anything about until I saw this movie. Well, I grew up in a small town in Minnesota, and I can tell you it felt authentic. I watched these people, how they related to each other physically mm-hmm. and just spoke to each other. I mean, it, it, was, it was a dance. It was, they communicated physically, and that was one of the most interesting things about this movie was how the wrestling characters, the real wrestling characters, mm-hmm. related to each other. It, it felt very true, so, and it's on the page. Yeah. Mark Ruffalo was great in this. I mean, his he moved like a, a, a chimpanzee or a monkey in this. Like a, he, he for me, he really just was lost in that part. Like I really didn't see Mark Ruffalo after five minutes. I was like, oh look, that's that's the guy. Now we need to give even when we don't think something should be should win, we need to give every screenplay their due if we can because there's still a reason that people responded to the movie. So I also pulled up Boyhood here. And uh, um, Mike, would you mind reading Dad's monologue here? Sure. This is on page 79. Don't. don't. Don't look at me like that, all right? I just, look, just to finish the point, okay? I was 23 when your mom had you, all right? So she was... All right, and we, and we didn't put ourselves in the best position to be great parents, and, and I, I wish that I, I wish that I were a better parent to you. All right, and I, I hope that you can learn from my mistakes. Okay, so wear a condom or get Garrett to I, I don't know whatever. <laughs> well done, Mike. Very good. Very good. Richard Linklater is going to call. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get ready for a lot of emoting. So just so everyone knows, we didn't, none of us hated Boyhood. We just don't think it should be up for best. Best screenplay. Yeah. It's, yeah. It was, it's fun to watch. Yeah. I like that they didn't do any slates that come up that say like five years later or two years later. Just it would just go from one into the next and you go, oh, wow, that kid's older now. Or the, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. It's whatever. just it's just that to, to confuse... To confuse like a, an experimental film right. with great storytelling exactly. or great screenwriting when it's not really there. Yes. And I, I worry because sometimes the Academy goes, well, we don't want to give it best picture, so let's just give it best screenplay. Right. And, you <laughs> yeah. know, because that doesn't mean anything. It just, no. Yeah. It drives me bonkers. Then yeah. I get like all these students that are like, I'm just going to do something just like Boyhood. And then I put my head through a wall. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so, uh, but at least they're talking to you about it. You're there to talk to them about it. <laughs> um, how about, uh, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Um, oh, 
Brian, you have to be uh, Monsieur <laughs> Gustave. No. You have to. All right. And uh, Pat, oh, you want to be? Will you be zero? You see. I don't mean that personally. <laughs> yeah, I'll try. I'm and terrible at cold reading. No, you're not. There's also a police captain. I'm just warning you. Oh, that's right. Uh, Mike, would you be the police captain? Of course. Oh, there's a lot of French there. You can handle it. No problem. I'm looking forward to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Ready? All right. And I'll do the scene direction. Okay. From the bottom. Have you ever been questioned by the authorities? Yes. On one occasion. I was arrested and tortured by the rebel militia after the desert uprising. Right. Well, you know the drill then. Of course. Zip it. Uh, you've, never, you've never heard the word Van Hoytel in your life. Got it. Okay, let's go. Monsieur Gustave and Zero descend into the lobby. Monsieur Gustave's face brightens as he crosses the room and greets the visitors. How may we serve you, gentlemen? Uh, by order of the Commissioner of Police, <laughs> Zubrock Provence, I hereby place you under arrest for the murder of Madame Celine Villeneuve des Gouffes en Texas. I knew there was something fishy. We never got the cause of death. She's been murdered. And you think I did it? Monsieur Gustave turns away and breaks into a sprint through the lobby. The police chase him. Zero watches, stunned. Well done. <laughs> Well done. That is one of my favorite moments in the movie. It is so great. <laughs> my performance lived up to the characters. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love the fact, too, that it's just like, have you ever been tortured? Yes, this horrible thing happened. Uh-huh, then you've got it. You know, it's just very, it's so dry. And also, just also like those moments of just on the nose kind of, aha, so you suspect me, you know, and then the turn was doing something you didn't expect. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, one more time. Let's go for Birdman here. Oh, I'm going to have to read this. This is where you go. Oh, oh my goodness. All right. Uh, uh, Mike, you want to be Riggin? Sure. We're starting at We Talk. Yeah, All and right. I'm Sylvia. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Who are these characters? So. Is Riggin the Michael Keaton Riggin character? Riggin is the Mi- Michael Keaton. Sylvia is his, is his uh, ex-wife. His ex-wife, okay. We talk. We, I, don't, I don't know. It's been crazy around here. You understand where her head is at right now. Of course. She's trying to stay away from everything and everyone that got her into rehab in the first place. But I know Sylvia. But that's all she had. So she's... I, I really do get it. I know you're caught up in all this stuff. Stuff. But you know what I mean. Regan, you don't have to be a great father right now. You just have to be one. Okay. Hey, that was pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> That was great. Mike and I, we, we, we do scene studies. I didn't secretly. say Mike. I said that you were pronounced. That was really good. A little, a little concerned that I'm falling into the deadbeat dads. <laughs> but what I, what I like about this, too, is just that pace. There was nothing that was interrupting that dialogue. So you could feel when to cut off the other person. Also, just the simplicity of it, of two parents saying, this is what the daughter needs. And then that little... That little button, you know, you don't have to do this, you just have to do that, right? That's that music is what we're looking for with good dialogue. So very well done. All right. Okay, so should we I think we hit all those, right? We did. We did. All right, let's move on to That went very quickly. I know. How did that go so quickly? You know why? Because we, we all agree. We didn't have any arguments. What's or happening here? I, Brian and I talked earlier a little bit about this, and we, while we like these movies, we feel that, like, I don't, you could say just, a, I'm not in a fighting mood about any of these movies, yeah. so to speak. I just, there's nothing that you could say, like, if you just went off and like, I love Boyhood, it was fantastic. Well, we could fight about Boyhood. I'd be like, but, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, I was expecting a big fight with Brian. Nope. No. Well, I mean, I, I disagree a, with the three of you, movie. but... About you know, what? About the screenplay for that, Boyhood? No, no. I, I don't think it's, it's the best screenplay, but I, I think you, you don't give it enough credit for the experiment. But, you know, I, that can be a conversation yeah. for some other time. So I just think it's a gimmick, like 3D. Mm. <laughs> just, yeah, you think 3D is a gimmick, do ya? Well, I like what I like what Jack Black said about it. He goes, "People were all talking about it. Took him 12 years. It took him 12 weeks. <laughs> is all it took. It took him 12 weeks. Not 12 I weeks. think it's a really interesting exercise in, in watching people actually age and gain weight on screen. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, there you go. There, unless you're unless you're that looks like. Ethan Hawke. <sighs> Ethan Hawke. He, he really got off good without that one and he gets all these great monologues about like being like the best dad in the whole world yeah i understand everything that you say i'm the coolest i didn't think he was cool i i hated that character the whole way through the movie i could not stand this greasy talking blah i hated it i hate the dad that tries to be the friend like hey we're buddies i hate that do you yeah you're 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 the dad 
<laughs> you can get along with your kids, but you're the dad. Um, okay, I thought for a second he meant I'm the dad. Didn't you think that's no, what I meant? did too. No, yeah, because no, yeah. no, no, as, as we know, I am kind of the dad. Okay, so let's go. Although to, I love baking a brownie, you do, you do. Okay, so going to the adapted screenplay. Uh, adapted screenplay. We've got American Sniper by Jason Hall, The Imitation Game by Graham Moore, Inherent Vice by Paul Thomas Anderson, The Theory of Everything by Anthony McCartan, and Whiplash by Damien Chazelle. I think so. Chazelle. Um, so let's start with Mike this time, Mike Musa. What is your favorite in the adapted screenplay and your least favorite? Well, my favorite is The Imitation Game. But I, I have talked to a couple people about this, and all I. Well, there's. First of all, one of the things that I like in a screenplay, it's sort of a personal preference, is if you can introduce mystery into it, which obviously mystery is kind of passe. It's, it's not really done that much. And, and this film starts off sort of like, well, who is this guy? And then they go back and cover it. I just thought it was a very... It's pro- a lot of people have said, yeah, it's just a standard good movie. The end. Like, nothing great, but I just thought it was very well written for what is sort of a biopic. They, they did such an interesting job with making a computer geek, mm-hmm. this romantic lead. They, it was a very movie movie right. in something that you think will get a very indie treatment. So it, it snuck in sort of this indie premise and even an indie look, but it had a very specific mm-hmm. movie Almost studio movie feel to the the writing and and the script. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your what was your least favorite? Well, I guess Inherent Vice. Although from what I understand from the source material, he's he's wrote it like it is. So, but as far as a film to sit and watch, I just it was tough. It was just a really tough movie, and not in like sort of a precious way. A couple of years ago, this was just slow, and I'm like, are we going anywhere with this? So, other than Josh Brolin's character, I liked him. But other than that, that was pretty it. Pretty much it for me. What about you, Pope? Uh, well, this one. This was in a tough category. I wasn't super passionate about any of them, really. And interestingly enough, the things that I found least, I, I disliked the biopics probably the most. I wasn't particularly fond of of the Imitation Game, Theory of Everything, or American Sniper because I felt like it kind of. Oh yeah, there's three. The there's three biopics here. Yeah. Yep. It kind of fell into the biopic trap. And I'm not saying that they're bad movies. I thought they were good movies, but I just found myself going, eh, "There's nothing new or exciting here." Whereas, Inherent Vice, that's that's out there. That's crazy. And I liked the adaptation in as much as anyone can like an adaptation of a Thomas Pynchon novel. I tried to write, read a Thomas Pynchon novel twice. I got one third of the way through once. Two-thirds of the way twice, I still haven't finished it. So that said, I respect the work that Paul Thomas Anderson did. But of the movies, I enjoyed Whiplash the most. And I would have to say, of the adapted scripts, um, I would choose Whiplash because it managed to make jazz exciting, dramatic, and you know, like this crazy power play between two strong-willed individuals. So um, just for doing something like that, I appreciate it. But I will tell you this, I... This is a category that I don't feel, you know, particularly strongly about. Hmm. And the hmm. least? Least. Um, I would probably, all the biopics. Yeah, well, I would probably go with American Sniper mainly because of its, it, it seemed like an episodic movie that was tied together by creating this, you know, cat and mouse sniper story, which just didn't seem to really work for me. Mm-hmm. And I felt like a lot of the themes that it was covering had been covered better in a movie like The Hurt Locker. I agree with you on that. But again, you know, I didn't I think it's a well-done movie, but it's the one I like the least. I'm going to go least with American Sniper 2 as because um, you know, Pat might be surprised because when we first watched Ameri- um, Inherent Vice, we didn't get through it and then I rewatched Inherent Vice all, all the way through, and I love Paul Thomas Anderson's scene work in everything. And you see that the scenes themselves are just so entertaining. But yeah, the story is just one interview after another. It's just so episodic, and it's not. It's just basically not a movie. It hasn't been turned into a movie screenplay. But the reason that American Sniper pissed me off so much is because it had so mu- so much potential. 
to be a great screenplay. And to me, they always went for the obvious. We were saying lines before the characters did. And I just think it's too, too bad with such a complex character where you could have mm-hmm. done so many things. Um, favorite for me, it's so funny because I was jumping on the imitation game because I thought, oh, that's not going to be my favorite, so I'll just mention it now. But I think actually imitation game might be it in this category because it did such a good job about making such an indie an indie subject into a bigger movie, which means that maybe we'll see more movies that take on independent-minded projects and say, no, it's, you know, we can make it feel romantic and big, and there are buddies involved and teamwork. And I think it did a, a, a great job with that. It, it, was, it was incredibly manipulative, and you could see the writing with Imitation Game, but I, I have to give it its due. I, I did love Whiplash, though. Yeah. Loved it. Loved, well, loved, loved Whiplash. I, I think maybe that's what I recoiled a bit from, was the, some of the obviousness of it. And, and I felt like the, the two stories, one of the, the code breaker and the other of his proclivity, shall we say, those two stories, for me, did not gel well. And they seemed, you know, I, I got, got to the end of the movie and I didn't feel particularly attached to either story. And that was my problem with the imitation game, is I felt like they, they may have packed too much in there, made too much of, of, of one thing, of both things, instead of focusing more on either the code breaking or you know, the other issue. Yeah, Whiplash is so intimate, right? Yeah. It's this one story between two people, incredibly well told, and that is why it's so effective. Um, now, it's, it's, it's great. Well, what about you, Pat? What was your favorite? Well, first, I have to say, I did not see the theory of everything. Oh, that's right. I know. And, but, Sarah and I saw it. But I'm, I'm assuming that if I... If, <laughs> Can I'm we sorry. get her on here right now? Yeah. <laughs> if I had seen it, I would, I would, uh, I would, I would lo- like it, but it probably wouldn't be my least or f- my best. I bet you'd like it. But, I, it, but I it wouldn't be... It wouldn't, like. I don't think it'll be... I don't think it'll be my, my favorite. Yeah, yeah, you're right. My favorite is, uh, is Whiplash. Because maybe because I love music so much, but I but I also like the the uh, I always like when there's an unsavory character and you're just waiting for him to get his comeuppance. Yeah, and uh, and this has a little that in there. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And, but and, the, and I love the performances; were all great. And uh, trying to figure out if that kid was really drumming, or I'm like, where are they cutting away? Is that a guy? Is that are those his hands? But it really. It, it, wor- it works, everything about it. Because like, if your actor can't really drum, I don't think it works. You know what's so cool about the movies this year is even if you don't know anything about drumming, yeah. like me, or uh, you don't know anything about wrestling, um, like me, or if you um, don't know anything about the theater, okay, I know that, or mm-hmm. if, uh, if you don't know anything about computers, um, you are going to learn something with each movie. Like it really digs into its subject matter and decides to show you everything, you know, it gets into the infrastructure, which I I think is, is it's cool. Mm -hmm. You know, that's part of a movie going experience is that you should feel like you were involved in it and that you came out and you've got a new experience where, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's what, uh, why theory of everything didn't, you know, kind of make the cut, if you will, is I wanted more science. I wanted more of what Stephen Hawking was known for. And this Wait, you wanted more what? Science. No, no, no. What? Science. Okay. There Thank you go. You. Thank you. That one um, was for... Brian is known in karaoke for um, singing, um, well, actually a du- duet with Thomas, Mike. Thomas Dolby's Blinded Me With Science. Right. And Mike will sing the, the song and, and then, then Brian, Brian will say, will say, say science. To, oh, it's so great. <laughs> my, it's so great. Now that we've got distracted from my actual serious so point. Sorry. sorry about sorry. that. No, I'm kidding. But... Uh, that was the thing. Is like Stephen Hawking is known for his theories, and they consciously made the decision to make it more about this romance, you know, the the, the relationship between him and, and his wife, and that was great. And I thought the performances really sold it in many respects. But I came away going, yeah, but I would like to know more about the science. Mm. I'd like to more know more about what this guy mm. actually, you know, did. And you know, you can see the documentary by Errol Morris mm. if you want to do that. But I, you know, well, for me, I mean, without seeing the movie. I I just thought Stephen Hawking was was born like that. Like mm-hmm. I never I didn't know that he was a young man who fell in love and then and and then and got ALS and this thing happened. So when I saw the trailer for it, I'm like, oh wow, I had no idea about that. Well, I think I think the the thing also that that Brian you're hitting on is when you're doing a biopic, 
as the writer, you get to choose the story. The story that was chosen was, I am going to write the love story of Stephen Hawking, right? There's so many different stories that could be written. It could have been an imitation game-like story Mm -hmm. where Stephen Hawking had to figure out one thing with his team of scientists, right? (laughs) But that's not what it was. It was this great love story, and that's the last thing you think of when you think of this guy. So that was that was the story they wanted to tell. Oh. So but but I, I I'm with you. Like you don't see biopics because you love the person. You see it because you're going like, oh, I want to see that particular story. Yeah, well I, it's a fair thing. I mean they did make a conscious decision. It's not the decision I would have made and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so oh my least favorite? Oh yeah least favorite. Um well, I, I just, it's, it, this isn't my least favorite, but I just hated so many things about American Sniper. Mm-hmm. I hated so many things about it. Someone actually gave, it said a very good quote, and I agree with this quote, uh, and yet I do the opposite. The, the, someone told, I was railing about it, and they're like, you know what, you have to review the movie they made, not the movie they, you wanted them to make. And I'm like, okay, I agree with that, but yet I disagree. But uh, yeah, I hated, I, I didn't hate the screenplay. I, like, I thought Bradley Cooper was amazing. Like, I thought... I lost his pretty boy good looks immediately. I'm like, wow, he's holding his body different. He's jutting his jaw. He's doing all these, you know, I guess. Sadly, act- I did too. Acting tricks. But yeah. I thought he was great. But, um, but yeah, I just, it was more like the propaganda-ish and the filmmaking and just so many th- things that don't have anything to do with the screenplay that I didn't like, which made me hate that film. But I could not get through Inherent Vice. We had a screener of it at home and three times I just couldn't. I just could not get through it. I just, I don't like Joaquin Phoenix. It's a long haul. And it's just, I was like, really like, oh, this just seems like, I just couldn't get through it. So that would be my least is inherent vice. I'm really glad people couldn't see the gesture that you just made. (laughs) That's good. That's good. Um, I I could see it. Yeah. It was right in front of me. You know, that said about American Sniper, right? So I I didn't like it. You didn't like Mm it. Um, I looked at the first page of it and it's really good writing on the first page. So, Is the uh, fake baby in this? The fake baby is not on the first page. It does not say close up on fake baby. Okay. Um, but here's the, here's the first page of American Sniper. Um, there's discussion of Fallujah and a rooftop and stuff, and we're going to go to the description of Chris Kyle. Chris Kyle lays prone, dick in the dirt, eye to the glass of a 300 Win Mag sniper rifle. He's Texas stock with a boyish grin, blondish goatee, and vital blue eyes. Both those eyes are open as he tracks the scene below, sweating his ass off in the shade of steel. I, I hate that whole passage you just read. I really? hate. Uh, yeah. Why do you hate I, it? I, I don't. It's I, so I, I don't like the, Yeah, I don't like anything about that passage you just read. I mean, dick in the dirt. I mean, come on, give me a break. That is ridiculous. I just hated it. Uh, oh, but, I hated but, everything but, about but that. Look, a, a page, a, a first page is supposed to make you yeah, feel I guess. like these guys feel. You have to get mm-hmm. a sense of the their environment, the 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 genre, mm-hmm. and this is you know macho. This is dick in the dirt kind of stuff. Uh, this, is, this is this is Navy Seals, baby. I just don't get that mentality at all. I just yeah, don't. But you're judging the mentality. But as far yeah. as the the page goes, right. it's good page work because you're immediately in it. Now, if you were a producer and you didn't want to make a movie about that lifestyle and those kind of guys, you would know immediately from this passage, which is very helpful. You'd be yeah. like, "I'm not for me," you know, but. The, the writing. I, I, I want to look up who the, the, the writer's a guy named Jason Hall. Is he like a wannabe tough guy? Because I'm just. I'm I don't just, know. Are you going to go kick his ass? Is that what's going No, on I'm right going to look him up and see if he's just like all. Is, no Twitter fights, please. I had a Twitter fight with Jason Hall. Okay, good. This is a screenwriting podcast. Um, all right. All right. Let's go to. Unless he uh, comes at me. Yeah. <laughs> Incidentally, I'd like to throw out one thing. This, this yeah. movie was, was kind of similar to Flags of Our Father, also a Clint Eastwood mm-hmm. film, 2006. It's, I'm trying to think if I even saw Flags it's, of It is Father. similar. It's, it has a similar feel to it, well, I thought. He's a. Like, he. Look, he. Clint Eastwood has done some amazing directing and stuff, but I mean, uh, he he grew up as a macho character on screen, and he likes a certain macho tone. You know, um, I don't know. You know I mean, you, it doesn't mean that it's always bad. It's you know, but there are these shades of it. Like sometimes, you know, what really bothered me about this movie was oh, when no. no, when like when when they're in, where, where where does it take place? What country are they in? I can't even remember. Are they in Iraq? Yeah. When they're in Iraq and they're like. They're like the, the 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 U.S. tanks are going down the street, and we've got U.S. snipers up in the buildings. And all I could keep thinking was, we 
we're invading this country. We're we're not helping. If I if 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 Iraqi tanks came rolling through Woodland Hills, I would be yeah. Hey, what's going on here? So I couldn't I couldn't like get behind. Our, I didn't know. I didn't know how to feel about this. I couldn't. I, I wasn't rooting for the U.S. soldiers. You have become such a bleeding heart. It is liberal. so weird, though. I was oh like, my god! And then when they would show, I blame me. Then when they would show the Iraqi sniper, it would. They would almost like he would get ready. It was almost like a, a scene from Expendables. Look at this guy's putting his head be and, and like. I, I don't know. Sorry, I for, for more ranting this. by Pat Francis, I you know, can go to it's Facebook. So cra- then uh, some of the couple vi- months back, some of the violence in this too. Oh no! Against women and against. Uh, children, but then they shied away from the way Chris Kyle. Uh, I would have loved to seen what happened or what they think happened uh, on that rifle range at the end. You know what I mean? You wanted to see him get shot. I, I would have. Well, I mean, why do I have to see a kid take a drill to the head? And but I, but I don't get to. But then we not going to. They just do a crawl. Chris Kyle was killed at the end. No, because I, there's something so shocking about everything that he just went through in war. And then this little afterthought of, and by the way, he was killed by a civilian, you know, in a civilian arena mm-hmm. is just, I think that was actually one of the more powerful things about I it. It was know. just that I, little crawl. I don't end. know this to be fact, but if I'm correct, the trial's still going on. They yeah. may have been held by legal issues, not oh, to show that. That's Maybe. A, that's a really good point. Oh, that's true. That's a good, that is a good point. I don't know that for sure. But. No, you're probably right. I love that they had great cell phone reception in American Sniper, though, because uh, I can't get cell phone reception when I'm at my daughter's school, but yet he could call his wife. Uh, right at pivotal points of the movie. I think we're going to move on. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Uh, we're so many problems to, with this. To <laughs> so crazy about that How movie. How do you feel about it? We're going to move on to the imitation game. Um, so this is, um, let's see, uh, is it also page? Oh, it's page one again. Um, would, Mike, would you be Alan Turing? Certainly. Uh, Pope, would you read the scene direction? Absolutely. I'll do nothing again. <laughs> Papers, ink, Black with mathematical symbols litter the floor. The test tubes and beakers of Turing's chemistry work are shattered in the study, cyanide and potassium nitrate dripping across the ugly carpet. What I will need from you is a commitment. You will listen closely, and you will not judge me. And in the corner, a machine. It's the size of a dresser, tall, spouting vacuum tubes and wires. It looks anachronistic here, too futuristic for its time. The constables look at the machine confused. What is that thing? Nice. Nice. I love the, the, you know, how it starts off with a VO and you really can't play sort of who he's talking to and what's going on. And then just some really powerful visuals right up front, seeing the chemicals, seeing the machine and the way the machine is described, that it's sprouting vacuum tubes and wires. You know, you can really, you can see that it's not, there are sprouting, uh, there are vacuum tubes and wires. Really nice. Really nice. Yeah, the whole story of uh, Alan Turing was amazing. Like when they when they finally show the decoding thing, and you're like, "Oh my god, that's a that's a computer!" Mm-hmm. Like, how could you even just just? It was amazing to me. I'm like, how could you even be that smart to do that? Chris, it. Chris Kyle shot a gun. It's not a spoiler alert. I hope, but at the end of this movie, I'm like, Alan Turing should be like, "Yeah, beat the Nazis, created the computer, yeah. bam, what you got? <laughs> right, exactly, nothing. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go write it up on the internet? Oh, I kind of, I kind of invented that too, <laughs> pow. Yep, sixty five years ago, <laughs> seventy years ago. How's it feel? Insane. It's, that was it was so insane. Brian Pope, would you be my Stephen Hawking? Oh, certainly. All right. We're going to go to the theory of everything. This is uh, page five. This would be when Stephen meets Jane. I'm going to play Jane. So this will not be done in computer voice. <laughs> no, it will not be done oh. in computer voice. Um, I, because I don't trust Pat. Uh, Mike, would you do the scene direction? Okay, here we go. Hello. Hello. Science? Arts. More silence. They look elsewhere. So what do you... Cosmologist. Just, I'm a cosmologist. What's a cosmologist? It's a kind of religion for intelligent atheists. You're not religious, are you? C of E. Church of England. England. I suppose someone has to be. Jane is not sure whether to take offense. So what do cosmologists worship then? Single unifying equation that explains everything in the universe. Really? So what's the equation? Stephen smiles. That is the question. Thank you. I, there's a simplicity. Like, you know, if this is the big meet with Stephen and Jane, right, they could have gone on and on and on 
and they don't. There's just this sort of quiet simplicity, but it gets right to the heart of their belief system. It's just, it's got a great pace to it. This was, I thought, a, a really, a really sweet movie. And, uh, you know, there are some people who, like, are huge Stephen Hawking fans, and they're, like you said, they're, they're, they're not happy with it. But um, watching it with my 14-year-old daughter, let me just say, it was like, I don't know. She had like a, a fault in our stars kind of beam on her face. Mm-hmm. She was really, really caught up. And I thought, wow, what an interesting way to, to get like a teenage girl caught up in such an important life, you know? So it was really fun. Um, oh, we got Whiplash. Actually, before we moved to Whiplash, I thought, because this kind of touches on Nightcrawler, I thought Whiplash would be the most talked about film as far as just what the story is talking about. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why Nightcrawler wasn't as big for me is because I saw the drive and the passion, so to speak, in Whiplash from from the student, from the drummer, and what he was willing to do, and the teacher. And I, I think that played stronger to me than Nightcrawler, even though they're in different categories. Well, he's a you know, his, his reason for succeeding is much more noble than, <laughs> than the Nightcrawler do, mm-hmm. you know? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. He's just ambitious. Yeah, he's a but, go-getter. You know, I, I, I think, I think he's too... He's a socio-getter. I think, mm-hmm. that, I think that Nightcrawler people have forgotten about it. It came out too early for, mm. yeah. for, for it to be on the Oscar radar right now. I don't think it's going to get its due. Um, and also, I think there is something so uncomfortable about it that many people would just go, I cannot stand that guy. I couldn't watch it, you know, which, of course, is why I liked it. Um, let's go to Whiplash and um, uh, Pat. I know you no, want to we'll read something. Brian, we'll let Brian read it. No, are you, come on. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I was just joking. Are you sure? I don't like cold reading. Okay. I don't like reading. All right. <laughs> okay, Brian, take it away. All right. Interior, Andrew's practice room morning. Andrew rises from the same mattress and slides into his drum seat. Starts playing, hands dotted with blisters, eyes crusty with sand. The metronome's still on, because it was never turned off. Cut to, rides furiously, trying to beat his double-time swing. The metronome reading 380, his muscles exhausted. Cut to, the metronome adjusted to 390, blisters tearing. Cut to 400, hands bleeding now, blood smearing the sticks. Cut to 405, the metronome going crazy now. The drumming so fast it's a wash, a wall of sound, blood on the cymbal. Nice. Nice. Those little cuts and with everything, he's getting more and more into it and until there's finally blood. And it's not there is blood. It's blood smearing the sticks, you know, a a wall of sound. The drumming so fast, it's a wash. I mean, beautiful, beautiful stuff. So that if you're reading this, you know what needs to be done with the drumming choreography and you know what needs to be done with the directing. Really nice. You know, drummers can wear gloves. You don't have to <laughs> play until you're bloody. Then are they really drummers, man? They are. Really? They are. Yeah. You just like to have nice hands. Okay. All right. By the way, your hands. Have you been drumming lately? Yeah, I know. I know. It's. A, I'm sorry. It's you get you get these gels and then these peel off and it's nasty. It's hard being a girl, Brian. I mean. <laughs> Wow. That was embarrassing. Well, we can take that one of two ways. Either Brian's the one that always says annoying stuff, or that was the name, or or she's in love with Brian. Oh, God. Oh, my God. It's so different than when I called out Brian's name last night. It's really different. different. It's a totally different context. Yes, it was. But then I shouted out Mike. Right. And that was so weird. That was, you know. it's been a couple of years. It's, these things happen. That's right. um, we did not find the uh, screenplay for Inherent Vice no. by Paul Thomas Anderson. Otherwise, we would definitely be reading from it. Top secret. But it's, you know, every, every year there's one that, like, nobody gets their hands on. Yeah. Uh, but if you guys are looking for these, these screenplays, as of now, they haven't been taken down by the studios yet. Pretty <laughs> yeah. much all you have to do is you type in the name of the, of the movie and, and then printable, script. There's printable script or whatever. Oh, is that what you put in printable yes. script? Because I usually put in script PDF and that then I get, too. like, a link. But printable script, that's I smart. found these. I found all nine of these in about... 15 minutes. It was a piece of cake. And you learn so much. Mm. Now, there, there are camera directions all over the place and stuff like that, especially in Birdman. Um, I would still strongly advise, advise new writers not to use camera direction. It's always much more effective to say Mike's 
face fills with skepticism rather than close up on Mike's face. Mm -hmm. One tells a story and one does not. But you can look at it in terms of how they move the story. You can look at it as far as how they set the genre the and the pace. That's all there in these scripts. Um, I can't believe that we got through this so quickly. It's weird. Yeah, I thought this was going to be like a, a long time. Yeah, usually could, like an hour and a half. There's so much of, agreement. Of fighting, right? Usually. Yeah. What do we think? Normally, we, you're wrong about something, but no, this time, normally I'm so right that we really have to. Talk so, about so it. what? What do you? What do we? Th- I mean, what do we? It kind of directly relates a little bit to the, the screenplay. What, what do you think is going to be best picture this year? What do you think is going to win? Oh, we're best not picture? going into all no? that. No, no, because then we'll be here for a whole other hour. It's okay Just if things are. Are compressed. It's just an opinion. What you think? I'm is gonna. Going I'm on. gonna turn around and ask another question instead. What would you have liked to have seen on this? That That's wasn't a good there. question. You mentioned Interstellar, Mike. I, but not that one. I just thought it was ambitious. I thought this year the theme was there was just a lot of ambition, even with Boyhood and so, some of the movies. I didn't think Interstellar. Uh, no, I certainly not for screenplay. But I, you know what, the one that Brian and I saw together, which I was surprised was not on here, is is it the most violent year? Most, most violent, violent year. year was really good. Yeah, that was, was really good. Really I liked that movie a lot. Not on here. It was uh, maybe it's just one of those ones that just went under the radar or something like that. You know, it didn't seem to be in a lot of theaters. It was limited release to be nominated, and then I think it opened in January. Actually, yeah. world. I mean, wide release. And it's it's also like something like you really have to commit to the world. If if you check out a little bit, you're you're, you're done. You yeah. know. Mm-hmm. But no, that was a really good one. I yeah. I would have liked to have seen Saint Vincent. On here, mm-hmm. I, I definitely. What, now, would that be original or adapted? It was original, right? I don't know. I, didn't well, I think it was adapted from Uncle Buck. So um, <laughs> shut up. It, but no, you I really. I love Saint Vincent. It made me cry. Yeah, it was. It was, and it's. It's just. I talked about it on another episode. It's just. Um, great character work, and you know, is not afraid of sentiment. Mm-hmm. Really goes for it, but in a very grounded way. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen Bill Murray nominated in some way for St. Vincent. I thought he did really a really great performance. Has he won for Best Actor yet? No. Not yet. Oh, he's, he's, like, he's he, got to. He didn't, I mean, you could disagree, but I, I, I thought he, again, I keep saying the same thing today. I, I, I really lost Bill Murray in that for, for a while. I didn't feel like he was doing some of the Bill Murray tricks that he might do often. I, I thought that was probably one of his better performances. And St. Vincent is written by Ted Melfi, and mm-hmm. You, you guys actually, you, you know the Ted um, produced Park Day with Kathleen. Oh, you're kidding! Yeah, no, no. So, so of course I'm trying so hard for her yeah. to get him on my show, Written but she and she keeps saying I haven't seen the movie yet. So, if one of you guys could take Kathleen out to see the movie so that she can see it, okay. and then write Ted Melfi so he could be on the podcast. Okay. Okay. Done. So this is your assignment. <laughs> Take Kathleen on a date. Thank you very much. Um, Boy, that's tough. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she's 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 uh, she's a hot blonde um, who's a, a mutual friend of all of ours. So Brian, uh, what about you? Is there anything that you would have liked to have seen? Um, well, the, of the original category, I really saw I saw this little movie called The Babadook, written <gasps> and directed by Jennifer Kent. Oh, you've heard about that. It's supposed it to be really scary, is, right? It is. It is. Uh, it is basically a horror movie about single motherhood. Oh well, that's horrifying. Anyway, yeah, yeah. that's it's, redundant. Or just motherhood in general. Yeah. I mean, it was. It's really brilliantly directed, and I, I really thought the script was was sharp. I mean, it's it's a genre script, which is why it will probably never get recognized in mm-hmm. a million years. But I really enjoyed that movie a lot, and for adapted. I'm a little shocked that Gillian Flynn didn't get nominated for Gone Girl. Whether or not you like the material, I thought her adaptation, because I actually read the book, yeah, was remarkably faithful. You know, whether or not you like the material is one thing, but the adaptation was rock solid. Completely disagree with you. Loved the really? book. Loved the book. Found here, her. Here adap- we go. Found her adaptation Finally. soulless, unfortunately, really? because well, but, that's David. But Pinscher. she, but she did a very good job of hitting every single structural beat that needed to be she was adapting it very faithfully but the 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 richness of character the layers i i was missing that well the problem is you have to focus on one character and they ended up focusing on the husband who is the least interesting but that's also the structure of the book it is but you do spend a lot of time with the uh the yeah. wife. Well, anyway. Wait, we should probably just talk about spoilers, yeah, right? Can't, can't give that one. Out of these, uh, out, of, out of out of these ten screenplays that we just talked about, uh, nine are dramas. 
and only one comedy if you want to say Grand Budapest Hotel is a comedy. What is up with always giving, you know, like... I don't know. Comedies, it's so hard to write comedy. Mm -hmm. Why... Yeah, and that may have been what happened with St. Vincent, too. Yeah. It was more comedic than it was dramatic. I don't know. It's, I thought that kind of was 50 50. I don't know. 50 50 should have been nominated, too, but that was a couple years ago. That was a good, <laughs> was a good movie. About that. <laughs> so, uh, Pat, was there anything that you would have liked to have seen on this list? You know what? I would, uh, my memory is uh, failing me, so I would have to act, actually see a list of all the movies that were out this year, and then I'd say, oh, how did that get missed? But, uh, you, you always put up, like, the minute that you like a movie, you usually put it on Facebook. Yeah. And it's like, all these genre movies. <laughs> I, I just saw Kingsman, and I thought it was fantastic. I mean, it's not it's not a movie that wins an award, but man, I loved it so much. Well, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy, which was nominated in another for another award. Uh, WGA was there nominated. We go. Yeah, well, that's interesting. WGA nominated it. It did. Oh, there you go. Okay, uh, guys, this has been really really fun. I'm so glad that you were on the show. Every year, you elevate the conversation here at On the Page. Well, at least you do, Brian Poe. Um, I, I just want to say, yeah. for next year, screenwriters out there, let's mix it up a bit so this can go for two or three hour discussions. No, no really, we really don't need that. All right. Mm-mm. I'll keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> um, uh, Mike Musa, who is d- d- just wonderful, and I'm just pulling your leg. Yeah, um, Mike, where can people follow you? Should they follow you on Twitter? Are you still doing your derby stuff? What's going on? I still write uh, at Closing Speed, which is sort of a horse racing thing. It was. I actually started writing about that as a writing exercise because I just figured it, it presented very specific deadlines and it was more just to do it was more it was more as a writing experience or ex- experiment I should say explain because, what it is to the people well basically in short the I follow the prep races leading up to the triple crown which mm-hmm. is the horse racing triple crown here in America and that's basically it. The sad thing is I, I give my my ideas for what I think the best horses are to bet on uh, I would not follow those. <laughs> yeah, what happens you, when they do? Has anybody if, come after you and been like, "I'm going to break your face"? No, 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 no. Of course not. No, it's a, the three-year-old racing is very unpredictable. It's extremely unpredictable. So, on top of it always being unpredictable, it's hard. So, other than that, I mean, other than that, I just keep writing, keep plugging along. And uh, and your web series is finally. You finally finished writing. Yeah. Now, how many episodes is it? How long is each episode? Well, our goal is to, at least this is what we're thinking, is to release like 40 of them for free or 30 of them for free and then do the last chunk like a film that you can buy for like two bucks or something online. Okay. And then... Uh, you're done writing. No, I have not seen any of this. Right. Mind you. I'm not going to like it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> How long are the episodes? They, they range anywhere between. The, I mean, uh, I presume that it's it going to depend on how they cut them. So, mm-hmm. um, so anywhere, I'm presuming anywhere from five minutes or more, but it just depends on how we want to cut wow, it. Wow. You have 45 minute episodes written? Yeah. That's or more. No, there's more than that. That's but, crazy. Yeah. It's a, it's up to like I mean I showed Pilar a picture of like this huge stack yeah. which was once I finished it and I'm like oh my god there's so many pages on this <laughs> but we're looking forward to it we're at the we're at the stage where we'll see if anybody's interested and we can go from there excellent excellent uh, would you so so other than the Derby uh, blog would you are, can people follow you on Twitter just no that's it that's, that's it until right. we I mean the the project we're working on now is called Vasha V O S H A and we'll we'll have stuff up for it soon ish. Okay. But it's cool. not official yet, so there you have it. All right. You have to keep work on this for years. No too. kidding. No kidding. I'm proud, though, because you, you wrote it and you finished it. I blame you. And, and you can blame me. Um, Brian Pope, uh, this actually all started because you, for years, have had a uh, um, movie criticism. It started as something that was on paper before Correct. blogs were invented. Yeah. It was this an actual newsletter yep. that you would mail to your friends. Snail mail. And it was yeah. called Pope's Picks. Correct. And then it became a a blog and then it became a show and then or maybe not right. in that order well it, it was a, it was a uh, mailed thing it was an emailed thing it was a show and now it's a blog so, so if people want to go to the pope's picks blog and find out more about what you think about all movies where should they go uh just just look up pope's picks it'll it'll take you there i'm also on facebook so if you we have a little web page there where we i post links and reviews occasionally so it's P-I-C, though, right? It's not P-I-C-K? Oh, it's P-I-C-K. And every year, okay, Mike, Mike changes the <laughs> subtitle of Pope's Picks to something that has to do with one of the, the movies this year. Yes. And what did you change it to, Mike? Well, this year I threw it out there. This year it's the Grand Budapope Hotel. So. 
<laughs> and it was it was a debate, right? Sure, I just loved you know. It was it was Grand Buda, Buda Pope Hotel, but there were some other options. What were some of those? Oh, gosh, a Pope Man, I think, was another one. <laughs> Maybe Pope Hood. Yeah. <laughs> not a lot of thought put into those two. No, not at all. Oh, goodness, Pope no. Catcher. What, yeah, pretty much. That would be great. <laughs> Whip Pope. Pip cra- Pope Crawler. <laughs> Night Poper. American Poper. I mean, like last year was 12 years of Pope, so there you have that it. That was fun. I like that one. Um, and Pat, where should people go to uh, find out what you think about well, everything? First of all, I want to say that the views of Pat Francis do not reflect the views of On the Page uh, podcast I'll or Pilar Alessandro. There you go. So if you want to say, if, if you disagree with anything I say about American Sniper, please do not bombard Pilar with your negative reviews and emails. <laughs> them to me. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Pat underscore Francis. You can follow my podcast, Rock Solid, at Rock Solid Show. And you can find Rock Solid on iTunes and on Libsyn. And that's all for me. If you want to take screenwriting classes, go to onthepage.tv. The live six-week rewrite class will be held in April. Um, if you live in China, I will be in Beijing teaching TV for three days. Just get in touch with me personally, and I'll pass you on to the organizer so you know where to go. Um, uh, I think that's about it. Oh, the career class. Yes. Um, March 8th, there will be a career class here, Sunday, 10 to 4 p.m. Lee Jessup will be on one side of it. I'll be on the other. She will be talking about the business of screenwriting and TV writing, all the stuff you want to know. And I will be taking you through a pitch, a personal pitch of yourself, uh, of your project, and uh, it'll be something that you can use towards selling or getting representation. So uh, check that out on onthepage.tv. Guys, Guises. Guises. I have to say, I just love it. Every year, it's really, really fun. Well, thank you, Pilar. It was, it was fun. Yes, thank you for having thank us. Thank you. And uh, I, I'm sorry there was no drinking involved. Not yet. But maybe yeah. that's where I went so fast. Yeah, maybe, that, maybe that, that's it. Less, it was, less slurring. Oh, you know what? My, oh, my, my group doesn't come in for like two hours. Let's go next door to Rocco's. You so want that's three hours of drinking. Come is what on, you're come on, let's go. Okay, we're going to right. we're going to Rocco's. Everybody out there, thank you so much for listening, and have a good writing week. 